everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of the premiere Last of Us Recap and Review Podcast. <laughs> Fungus. Fungus! Fungus! <laughs> <laughs> what a great start to this podcast I, I was like did we forget to clap in the beginning we've done this 10 times and no Wait, we didn't clap we didn't we didn't we clap we didn't clap we fucked up in so many ways leave this all in yeah this is gonna have to stay in <laughs> okay let's just clap good luck this'll, good luck lining this up this will be the only part that we edit out is the clapping part I did it. Wow, cool. so now we're going to line this up and include the earlier audio. This is going to be awesome. This is going to be great. Uh, hey, you wanna, cool. we're going to clap again at 10 seconds. Oh, we, we're double clapping it? Yep. Okay. Welcome, everyone. That was everyone. a sharp ass clap I just did. Oh, I nice. I want everyone to know that. <laughs> well, you know, as I was saying... This is the podcast, Fungus, Fungus, Fungus. Every week we talk about an episode of the hit HBO show, The Last of Us. But this week we aren't talking about any one episode. We are talking about nine episodes that are part of a season, otherwise known as season one of this show. Um, joining me this week from the Red Waste of Texas, we have Patrick Ramirez. Hello, fungus files. <laughs> Fungophiles. Glad to be here and alive. Also joining me is the great and powerful Jesse Wind. Huh. And alive. That's a unique thing to put after your introduction to the podcast, Patrick. I'm as alive as these fungus fungus freaks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that oh, we're the fungus freaks. We ride fungus around freaks. on skateboards with backwards caps. I grind rails and I fucking do shrooms. And I have a bag full of button mushrooms for sauteing at any given moment. Mine are, are not you... button mushrooms. Mine are called penis envy, and I got them from a guy in a hoodie. I love it. Are you also wearing a backwards hat? Yeah, I said when I you was. Do all these things. Okay. Come on. Oh no, I'm wearing a beanie full of mushrooms. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> There's shiitake. There's a bunch of. Uh, no, what is the sort of the portobello mushrooms on top of my head? Did, what, what could there be a clicker where just like one vert, like the bloaters or something are psychedelic? Like one of them needs to be psychedelic. Like they keep it in, in the cages for licking. <laughs> <laughs> that, dude, can you imagine? Like you a get to the cannibal, <laughs> the cannibal steakhouse and they have one living clicker in a cage and they're like, yeah, we just lick them on Thursdays and. Everybody has a good time. He's like the hypnotoad. I will say that some of the fungus on the clickers does resemble the chicken of the woods mushroom, which is a very good mushroom. And I would eat it. So I don't know. I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. Maybe clickers are delicious. And everyone, uh, please look like look up John on Amazon so you can read his new self-help book series, Chicken of the Forest of the soup for your soul for your clickified soul 
Um, so I guess you can probably tell so far that this episode is going to be a little different than our other episodes. Because, again, we aren't talking about any one episode. We're talking about a bunch of episodes. So we have all come extremely prepared with topics that we want to talk about uh, that regard the season in totality that we can kind of look back upon and think about what the greater context was of specific things and characters from throughout the season. And that is going to be our plan of attack. We are all going to hopefully have interesting topics of discussion to uh, engage with with one another. And that's what we're going to do. So uh, who wants to go first? I don't want to... put either of you on the spot, but I know you guys both had ideas of what you wanted to talk about. So I'm pretty sure the host uh, of the podcast just looked at us and said, I hope you have something interesting to talk about. Why John, why are you furiously <laughs> looking through papers right now? <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a couple things that I want to talk about, but I just didn't want to steal the floor by going first. So did, did you guys hear they're going to make a game out of this show? Dude. Well, I, uh, oh, that's crazy. I thought this was original material here. I think it's going to be like a telltale, like The Walking Dead. Just like, it's going to, I'm really excited. I you thought for a second you're going to say a tall tale, like Fifle Goes West, but with zombies. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm right, just here to advocate. <laughs> if he would have worn his Beskar armor from episode one, none of this would be a problem. Discuss. <sighs> um, yeah. What was are we the talking armor about budget? the Mandalorian now? No, I'm talking about The Last of Us. I'm talking about the Dadalorian, Pedrol, Pascal. <laughs> I think that's how you pronounce it. Pedrol. 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 Pascal. Vote for Pedro. Um, all right, you silly sons of bitches. Since I tried to goad you into saying something and you didn't, I guess I'll have to say my thing. I feel like we saw in this season a variety of different ways that people adjust to and survive in the apocalypse of fungus zombies and varying degrees of success as well. Um, If you compare, for example, Kansas City to Jackson, Wyoming, it's a very stark difference. (laughs) Clearly, one group of people is doing a lot better than the other group. Um, So I'm wondering, if you're in this apocalypse, in this horrible universe, whose team do you want to be on? What character or what group do you want to be associated with and survive with? That is my Mm. first question for you. What do you think, Jesse? Well, my gut reaction is I would want to be in a thruple with Bill and Frank. Uh, (laughs) Is that fair? Is that a choice I can make? That, I think that's a totally valid choice. I'll be their twink. I don't know. I fit many holes. That's not the best phrasing for what I meant to say. I think you could also, if you are into this, be their platonic son. Okay. Just the younger Ooh, guy who they just take care of like a surrogate son or something. I would love that because I'm oh. not like heartily a bottom, but, but you know, in the zombie apocalypse, I might be. John, you could be the platonic <laughs> Grogu to their uh, Bo-Katan and Dadalorian relationship. That is spoilers, Patrick. You are spoiling I mean, shit. Uh, 
Well, I don't know what that means. So yeah, he doesn't, see, he doesn't know. Spoilers. Nobody knows what that means. Please delete um, this. I can't wait to watch <laughs> Mandalorian's tongue kiss through the little slit in their helmet. Um, I think that's a very good choice, honestly, Jesse. I mean, they had pretty much the perfect setup. The only problem was that there was nobody really to inherit it. Yeah. Um, that's all, so. To me, it almost feels like a cheat answer, which is why I would have taken some guff from you if you wanted to dish it out. But yeah, that's my ro- romantic, like, if I have to deal with all of this, that's the craziest, most beautiful life that I could be living. Almost, like I said, to an unfair extent. So I have a second reasonable answer I'll throw out, out, out after you two tell me. Hmm. Where do you think you would uh, want to be? Uh, I would go Jackson, Wyoming, 100%. In fact, it almost sounds like my ideal life in some ways. <laughs> is uh, is that the, the brother's compound? Hmm. It's the communism village. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yes. Okay, yes, 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 yes. And then, of course, um, you would be there to correct them on the definition of communism. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would be like, hey, guys, you know, technically we're not communists. This is actually what we need to do. <laughs> no, no, I mean, obviously that is what my ego would initially want. But I think more than that, I just I, – I like having a close relationship with nature and with – uh the the natural world around us i think that uh actually growing food and maybe like i don't know if if i'm creating like an oc in this universe maybe i would be like taking care of the horses or something you know what i mean like <laughs> something like that cuz i really like animals a lot i don't know i i think that Aww. that would be the most gratifying existence because um you actually have a society basically that you are helping to create and to uphold and protect. Whereas I feel like the people in like Kansas city, for example, and in all the QZs and everything, they really have nothing. You know what I mean? None of them are really invested in this social project that Fedra has for them. They're just kind of like trapped there more or less. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The the listeners of this podcast might not know it, um, but you probably should have inferred it from how hard he beats the communism drum. But our man, John is all about community. He's about community building and about putting in and getting out of a community. And man, I should have known that was your answer, John. Yeah. And I, I don't <laughs> want to nerd out about it and talk about it at like too much length, but I also just find it interesting that, I mean, they are like legitimately rebuilding society. Like they are, they have agriculture and like they have small businesses. They have and electricity, you know I mean? dog. Yeah, like they they are legitimate. Like everywhere else is just collapsed into like dystopian fucked upness, and they are like, no, we're actually rebuilding like the world. Essentially, <laughs> the like capacity for like production and energy and trade and like all this shit. Okay, are still very alive and definitely not an AI simulation. Patrick, where would you want to survive in this here? Hello, fellow podcast hosts. Yes. um, I mean, the Jackson, Wyoming civilization or community is definitely, there's a reason it looks so good. And I think there's a reason at the end of the show, that's where they're headed, right? Yeah. It's not like the closest, I don't think, but it was... It's the best option because we've seen all the QZs are terrible. You know, there's nothing. That's that's the past civilizations kind of shell that they're just kind of scrapping in. 
and the only like kind of it wasn't good at all i mean i don't know if it was good but that that scene where they have uh you see all the stuff lying around from the two uh it's where the kid stuff was underneath i think it was in the bunker yeah the bunker yeah where they talk about they have the the kid drawn cartoon stuff all around Mm mm-hmm of their like, protectors. Um, that was like the nice feel good part of that QZ. And that was also deserted because they got, we don't know what happened to them, but we assume it wasn't good. So yeah, the Jackson is what I would say too. I mean, I don't think I'm as preppy as, or as doomsday preppy as a uh, bill and Frank were, where I could not make something like that work on my own. I'd always be stressed out about not having enough something or having Absolutely. to go out and also be wary of raiders and all that shit. So I don't think I could deal with that. So yeah, I had Jackson all the way too. I did. I underestimated my need for community. Cause as soon as my two best friends were in one place, it is immediately where I wanted to be too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'll see y'all there. Right. <laughs> um, um, who, who has something else they want to talk about? So, <laughs> Man, my yearning for non sequiturs during a podcast is so deep. I can't even, not non sequiturs, like unrelated. I was about to just say something that has nothing to do with The Last of Us. I'm a terrible, <laughs> terrible person. Um, so I, okay, so in the theme of John's question, we've seen weird places, different environments, uh, and the multiple ways that people found to survive through this horrible time. If you could choose a new environment for the continuation of this show, where's an interesting place that you would want to see? Um, and so it's, this is all I'm, I'm kind of combining t- two questions that I had into one, but I, I what are different places to survive or different interesting environments you would want to see? Um, I'll start with just one random one. I I think it's be I would want to Oh no. It I just instantly pop my own balloon. I was going to say I want to see an aquarium. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but I was like no, all those fish are dead. <laughs> Never yeah, mind. Yeah, that'd be a, that'd be a stinky stinky place uh <laughs> in post apocalypse land. <laughs> that's not a, that's that's not a fun time anymore, I don't think. <laughs> I would love to see that, though, just like one of the weird like zoos, like the one we talked about, John and I had talked about where you can feed the giraffes. Imagine two crazy zookeepers barricade the entire zoo in or whatever, and they just get old, like father time, and they're just taking care of animals. They're like, they're the only thing I can trust and that I love and want to are precious to me in this world. And they just go crazy inside the zoo. Um, I have a sort of. An orthodox answer to your question, Jesse. Is it being a vegetable in a hospital? Because that's cheating. No, actually. It is old, old uh, Joel and Ellie or whoever. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen, but they make their way to the American South. Oh, right? nice. And they, they're in Texas for a while, back in, like, Joel's stomping grounds. He has, like, some emotions or whatever. They head east across the southern United States towards Florida. And while they're oh. there, they hear this rumor. Hey, I think uh, someone was saying that there's a little island off the coast of Florida where they have a bunch of really bomb-ass doctors. 
I think it's called Cuba or something. Oh, I thought you were going to say they're, Love Island. They're going to <laughs> Havana, Island. baby. They're going to have fucking Cuban sandwiches. Cuba's going to use their amazing doctors to cure this fungus plague. The and cigars. Happily ever after. I so, love how in this pl- in this fantasy, Cuba is a bastion of non. It's the only place that was not infected with uh, cordyceps. Nah, man, they had it. They just like you know have they universal health care and fucking <laughs> a good healthcare system. So it just wasn't a problem, you know. So when John also, started, an island. The, the island part. Listening to John and like looking him in the eyes as he told this story, I was like, he's gonna say Russia or some shit. And then he's like, <laughs> the South. And I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> and then he's like heading over to Florida and I'm waiting for like a Florida man joke or something. Uh, Florida man. And then he's Living like, with mm. cordyceps. And then they, yeah, he's just like eating them and for some reason isn't getting sick, but he's just <laughs> eating them to get high with like bath salts. <laughs> And then John jukes me, and he flips around, and now he's in Cuba. <laughs> I mean, for real, though, I think Last of Us would be really interesting in, like, a, a Central or South American setting with, like, jungles and monkeys and crazy shit like that, you know? Yeah. I just even like the island idea. Like, mm-hmm. you find there's enough small islands, even in, like, America. Like, I'm pretty sure over by, like, Michigan and shit. There's just those little tiny islands. Imagine... That's a fairly safe place to be. I don't I don't think it's self-sufficient. You're probably not going to find an island that's like, oh, this is great soil to grow enough crops to not have to leave this island anymore. But right. if you could figure there's something there where I could I would love to see that. And then you just send like the protectors out to go get the shit and bring it back to your tiny island of like 20 people or whatever. I like that. I like that. I mean, uh, I think kind of going on what Jesse said. The one kind of setting, I guess we didn't see a jungle setting really either, but the one setting that we didn't see at all that was part, that is part of America, like big swaths of America is uh, the ocean. We didn't see the ocean at all in season one. Mm -hmm. True. Yeah, there could be people just like living out on old yachts that have no more like oil. They can't drive the yacht but they're like it's big enough that we could live off of it as long as we could get off of this bitch for supplies every once in a while yeah they're interesting ways to insulate yourself from the problem but as soon as you do that you have no other resources you're just like cool i'm not gonna get bit now i'm gonna starve to death yeah um yeah my my one dumb crazy thing that i know isn't reasonable the moon (laughs) Because when this is going Ellie down, actually becomes an astronaut. They build a rocket ship in season two. Yeah. Because at at the end of times, man, the end of day is like all the rich people and all the governments are going to try absolutely every single last resort. Uh, and so I definitely could see they're like, well, we're gonna send up a team of ten people, keep them up on the international space station with like five years worth of food for them to ration out, and we'll we'll, we'll probably get it figured out by then. Uh, oh, and then they're just stuck up there. I didn't even think about that, but yeah, those guys that were up there, they're probably I didn't like, even think about that they stopped oh responding. God. There's already people up there. So now I actually have a question because this made me think how much of the government do you think still exists? Like, 
is there like a secret group of rich people that is like directing Fedra or is Fedra just completely cut loose? Like they've lost all command structure and they're just basically a bunch of mercenary groups that are all completely decentralized. Like it, it is interesting to like wonder like how much of the, like, is there a rich people compound somewhere where they're all hanging out and, you know, making decisions and stuff? I don't know. Yeah, I, I was actually going to ask you a similar question, but I hadn't even thought about what if they were still controlling things. That's mm-hmm. even wilder for me to think about. Uh, I was just wondering if they were stowed up somewhere. It's just like Bezos and Gates and, oh, God, I just I'm going to keep naming names and I get this like taste of puke in my mouth uh all the all the rich people are just boarded up inside of a fucking dam or whatever just eating caviar for a decade going like i wonder when we can leave here yeah they have that uh the it's like ravenscroft mountain or something what's the thing in outside like dc where they go when all this shit happens in reality it's like iron mountain or something are you talking about the presidential thing well, it's like they grab a bunch of people and go over there. I forgot what it's is it, called. Is it's, it like Fort David or some shit like that? No, it's got it's like a mountain. It's called like a You look that up. Uh in Colorado we have a mountain where they f- fly the president and hide him if there's a nuclear attack. I didn't think it was in Colorado. I thought it was like outside This could be two separate Maybe it places is in Colorado. I don't know. Yeah, probably Google have this. more than like, one presidential hidey hole <laughs> yeah exactly right the the one here is the fake one that just has the big like looney tune side outside of it or whatever safe place mountain it's like <laughs> i thought it was a ma- uh we're kind of the mountain place in town this is yeah here it is cheyenne mountain that's what it's called is that also here or is that one i mean state cheyenne mountain is a place in colorado oh wait raven okay there's two Oh no, Cheyenne Mountain is something different. I think it's a Raven Rock Mountain Complex. It's in Virginia, I think. Okay, okay. Oh no, it's, I would believe well, that because you got the Appalachians over there, and that's close enough to DC that if there was an emergency, they'd like toss his ass on a supersonic jet and get him inside that fucking mountain. <laughs> okay, so apparently it's part of a com. So this is the uh, they call it the Underground Pentagon at Raven Rock Mountain Complex, and it's a bunker for emergency operations anything happens along with mount weather emergency operations center in virginia and the cheyenne mountain complex in colorado so i love how we're talking their, about the secret places continuity. so you'd have to imagine that those would somehow those somehow maybe survived in the last of us land for yeah. sure and uh, it's that's, gross that to think they, about but yeah you're probably right and that's how they initially set up the fedra system I mean, and then granted, like we we're seeing it twenty years after the fact, when it's probably like the the They've individual federal branches are just like there's no one like immediately over us, like watching us do this stuff, and like we can kind of have a lot of control. I think yeah. in the fiction of the universe, they try to lead us to believe it happened so fast they couldn't possibly do this. But I like our uh, narrative building. Yeah, because I think in the show they say it was like on a started on like a Thursday and then by Monday it was ever, it was over like civilization was over yeah i maybe i'm giving our ruling class too much credit but i do have a hard time believing that they wouldn't continue to exist in some fashion like well, go into thing- low power mode basically and go into hibernation low power mode <laughs> well yeah but you just have to hope that all like one of those people is gluten intolerant because if they're not all of those people had breakfast and got sick 
or one like of them went hungry like the day beforehand or whatever. Yeah. I, I bet mean, if Paltrow is down there in the bunker, she made it. She's eating goop. <laughs> she's you know, that, that's goop. a great point, Jesse. If you don't eat wheat, then you wouldn't have been infected. Dude, oh my God, please say in the second game there's like a gluten intolerant super colony. That's that's <laughs> everyone left, right? The Last of Us, uh, they didn't, it's in parentheses really small, but it says the gluten intolerance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take a Sharpie to GameStop and write that on all the cases. What's the celiac? Celiac. Celiac survives. Oh, my God. The name of this episode be the gluten intolerant left? There you go. Oh, (laughs) man. Probably. Um, Uh, I had had one more topic I wanted to talk about, if that's okay. Please. Yeah, no, please, please. Because I realized I just had enough notes to do a three-hour podcast, so... Uh, I'm I'm trying to get us moving along so we're not just bullshitting the whole time no I know I know I'm (laughs) proud of you but let's let's hit it John Um, I was wondering what your favorite side story or side character was Uh, I have some thoughts I have some main ones that I would put up for consideration Uh, probably Bill and Frank um, Kathleen and Perry I believe it was and then I, I I apologize. I for, I forgot the two brothers where the the one gets shot by the other one. A uh, salmon. Yeah. <laughs> salmon something. Henry. Henry. Oh yeah. Um. So I did you did. Pa, pa, sorry, Kathleen was not a character in the game. I didn't realize that. I don't remember talking about that. Oh yeah, we talked about it. Okay. I also roll smoke the tapes. a lot of weed. John, roll the tapes. Let's play <laughs> the evidence right here. <laughs> I don't know. This isn't really a spoiler, but Kathleen uh, is not in the game. This is a whole new character for the show. My new favorite character? Yep, she's not in the game at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, sucks for whoever's <laughs> editing this now. Um <laughs> But I didn't realize that. So. I just said it. I think I said it at the end because I was like, "Yeah, this character wasn't in the game." That was uh, one of the things I got right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Good for you, man. Sorry, John. Did you say who are our favorites, or what was the the phrasing of this question? Your favorite side character cool. or um, side story? What What are you thinking, Patrick? I mean, personally, I think the Bill and Frank episode is. I think it's I think it's probably my favorite episode of this show and so far. And I think I loved both those characters and we got the most amount of time. I mean, you get over an hour with them, right? So that's probably my favorite. I think everyone else has a side character is interesting, but just not having that time with them made them not my like super favorite. I'd, and I liked Kathleen's character, but I also hated her. But I also understood her, too. So I don't know. Maybe that means I did really like her. I don't know. The writing uh, is so good. I agree. We keep hitting that like home. But wow, how passionately relatable almost every individual character's motivations are and how human they are. And not until we get to the cannibal guy. Am I like you took like you took a turn? I might not have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but um, John, who, what, what are you thinking? Um, I think Bill and Frank cannot be ignored in this category. They are so good and spoilers for my thoughts on this entire season, but 
Let's just say I have revised my opinion of that episode because of some things that happened later in the season. And that being said, uh, there is, I don't know. I I feel like I'm going to catch some flack for this. Uh Uh-oh. I think there's something to be said for Marlene as, I, I guess, can you consider her a side character? I think she's a main character. Yeah, well, she kind of is a main very character. Much. It's it's if we're going by like the Academy rules for supporting actor or not, or we're really just going because there are two main characters in this show and everybody's a side yeah. character after that. But that's true. She's a supporting character. Yeah, everybody is except Jewel and Ellie. We make the fucking rules around here. This she is Jewel and Ellie show and well, Marlene now. <laughs> I, I choose Marlene if I can, and if not, I choose the two random. Native American people in the cabin. <laughs> oh my oh. god, I forgot about them. <laughs> yeah, Green something. Glenn Green. Either oh way, my they were god. awesome. He's got he's got like a famous author's name, I feel like. I but, yeah, I, I remember looking him up, but there's too many actors for for me to have for any of us to have memorized all of them. They they definitely deserve their own show. I would just watch <laughs> like that. <laughs> the oh, grumpy man. of us. The, the the last grumpy the last grumps what's exactly the, what's the the there was the show the two grumpy old grumpy old grumpy people. old men was the, yeah. the the original Graham yeah. Green and Graham Elaine Green. Miles Graham Green is fun to say I might need I might use that in D and D Graham Green Graham Green Graham Green they call me old Graham Green <laughs> the double G oh, but um wow. A lot of I good side them. stories and a lot of good side characters. I think um I didn't think John was gonna tip the hat to Bill and Frank the way you did. Um I'm kind of like really really astonished that you just That's why I was going last even cuz I was like me and Patrick are just gonna say Bill and Frank, so <laughs> I don't want <laughs> and then John just takes it on home. I mean, if I'm giving my real answer, that's probably the answer. I just feel like you know, Bill and Frank got their flowers. I'm trying to, you know, I agree. I'll give some praise to some people who maybe aren't getting it as much. <laughs> I was going to ask. So in my head, I was like, I'm so glad you said Bill and Frank, because I was going to ask everybody to do a number two, because I just assumed everyone was going to say Bill and Frank. If Bill and Frank don't exist, then I pick the old couple from the cabin. <laughs> and like I said, mm. Marlene was also great. Oof. She was a good. Oh man, I kind of forgot about the scene with Ellie's mom. Like that's oh, yeah. when you get a lot of Marlene too, and you get it, you get to understand Marlene a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Uh, did you guys remember that fucking Tommy was in Desert Storm? Yeah, I John. Did you remember? No. Cool, because man, I was about to feel bad that I'm the guy who doesn't remember anything. Um. That just adds like weird. It's like a one mentioned line in one of the episodes. Um, I, but it explains so much about his character. Like I didn't. I don't have a full discussion on this. I just didn't realize that, and it's kind of like I'm. I'm excited to rewatch this whole series and absorb all the fine details that were easier to gloss over because I was hyper focused on like the biggest plot points. Yeah, um, I think that does doesn't Joel talk about it, and that's how you kind of get. A sense of the difference between the two brothers where like Joel's going on his own doing his own thing 
and Tommy's a joiner. Like he joined the army, he joined the fireflies, mm-hmm. he joined, you know, he's one of this building this community. To- you're exactly, you're exactly right. Yeah. Um, interesting. Yeah. Well, Jesse, I'm assuming you probably have a little bit more to talk about on some other subjects. But uh, first, would you guys mind if we took a quick break? A what? Briggity briggity break. And we're back. We're back. So I have a question, gentlemen. In The Last of Us, do you yes. think? Do you think? <laughs> did this show need more gore? I was gonna say, did you guys think there were enough infected? I also was wondering. Uh, so the director was talking about some of the criticisms about there not being enough zombies um, and not enough killing, like kind of just in general. And he's he said that uh, you're watching it and not playing it. He's like, when you mm-hmm. play the game, you kill hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. It's mm-hmm. like a majority of the thing you do. There's Fedra mm-hmm. and cannibals and just people between all the things you have to do. And I think they in reading this. Uh, they didn't say this, but I feel like they were scared to do too much of that because at the end of the show, when he goes old man Logan on everybody, I thought that was going to be the time we got to see him kill a dozen, two dozen people that was in my opinion, it being the like Zenith was the moment to do that. And, and in me even constructing this thought, I realize now actually every episode I kept going, wow, I hope he gets to show off his skills more. And then the next episode, they give you an inch. And the next episode, they give you an inch. But I was never satisfied with the amount of action that was in the series. That And uh, satisfied the right word? I don't think that's the right word. I was always wanting more. Um, And I appreciate like the deft hand they used with it. But I, I never feel like I got the full like climax the or of Joel being the most badass human being that he could be. Um I, and I I don't know if I felt that way specifically, but I wanted more horror for sure. I mean, as someone who enjoys the horror genre and also uh quit playing this game because it was too scary. <laughs> I was expecting the show to be uh, scary and have those horror moments but I mean honestly really the only serious like horror moment was with the clicker and that was in like episode 2 <laughs> yeah it's that's interesting I think we all are bringing up um like this d- different petals on a flower these are things that touch and are related to one another even though I think they do have distinctions John is uh, thought there'd be a little bit more horror I I thought there would be a little bit more action and Patrick who is definitely not our friend Jeremy and I definitely didn't almost call you Jeremy Patrick <laughs> uh, he thought there would be more zombies and I I think uh, this it's interesting I wonder if this is changing well, I didn't think me- there would be more I just was wondering if you guys thought there was enough No Isn't that almost the same did you Okay so do you think there were enough I thought Honestly, I thought there were enough because I think when kind of what you were talking about earlier with like uh, how the director said, like, you know, when you're playing the game, you're killing them 
cannon left and right, you know? You're slaying mm-hmm. zombies left and right in the bang, game. Bang, bang, boom. That's how you get around. But, like, yeah, if they did that in a show, you'd be bored five minutes in because not... I mean, I, and I, <laughs> I would say if that was all the show was. And I would also say if they put any more zombies in here, or if they tried to put a lot more of clickers and zombies in here, then that show already exists and it's called The Walking Dead, right? So, like, then... Yeah. Kind of hard that's to differentiate fair. yourself at that point. That That's true. In The Walking Dead, they use the zombies too much, and then they just become it's, nothing. Like, people are just, like, having casual conversations while they're, like, yeah, cutting heads off like, with machetes. They're, like, <laughs> baking cookies and, like, stabbing, you know, <laughs> yeah. putting knives wow. in the head. Like, did you forget to take the cookies out of the oven? Oh, man, I did. Sorry. <laughs> that's so interesting, because as somebody who hasn't watched that, that is probably directly coloring, like... In my life, I haven't had that need fulfilled, and so I might have been demanding it unfairly from this show because I never <laughs> watched The Walking Dead, and I didn't realize I forgot they were ex- that they they. You're right; they couldn't. I don't. Do you think anything in this show felt very similar to The Walking Dead? Um, I mean, I think the writing is much better in Last of Us, and I think the acting is. Sometimes I think the early seasons of Walking Dead were really good and really well done, but I think it kind of lost its way for me personally. Okay. And I and I just uh, I just googled how many zombies get killed in Walking Dead, <laughs> and there's an average of roughly 500 dead walkers per season. <laughs> okay, that's not not exactly what I wanted. Um, okay, so, I think. Please. Um. I think the main similarity that I would draw is how both are dealing with the question of um, like, what does society look like when our social bonds are entirely broken and you have to like rebuild from the ground up, like what a society is. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's just part of the genre. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's just like almost, you almost have to do that if you're going to do a zombie thing. Totally, you're yeah. right. So that's that's the core that you can't change. Okay, I just i I find this super interesting. I'm I'm I, talking through this all with you on my second watch. I'm gonna think about and appreciate this show in such a different way. Uh, but I will not change my opinion on that hospital scene. Needed more people to die. <laughs> um, Oof. I would love a little bit more horror too, but there were definitely. In almost every episode, one or two moments that I like puckered my butthole and backed up against the couch for. Um, what if in that hospital <laughs> scene they had done like a third person over the shoulder perspective where it actually looks like you're playing as Joel? I, I, I almost so I would like that, but I'm not sure. I still not sure it plays cinematically very well. And I think it would have made people just go like, Oh, video games and taken them out of the moment almost. Yeah. You don't even play that. I don't think you play that part in the game either. That's a, that's a cinematic sequence. Killing everyone in the hospital. No, I thought you were talking about the very end, like the, the hospital scene with the surgeon in the operating room and all that. Oh no. I'm, I was talking about just the fucking, the whole thing. Yeah. But, uh okay um so i have a few weird like easter eggs or things we've talked about in previous episodes that i'm gonna bring back to touch on for you guys to tell me that we already talked about it and that i forgot it um (laughs) so in that one episode uh when the 50 bloaters come out of the ground where kathleen dies we get the bloater and the little girl uh Mm -hmm. and i found out that they ended up 
CGing that entire little girl mm-hmm. because when she was in makeup, her head looked too big. They were like, she looked like a big head mode little girl. And so they were like, we originally, we were just going to shrink her head. And then we ended up just CGing the whole girl. And in the same article, they were talking about heavily CGing the bloater. And I'm not sure they almost made it sound like they entirely replaced that fucking guy. And I want to find clarification on this. Yeah, I think but. they did. Cause they, they talked about it in the, I don't know if it was in the podcast for that episode, the HBO podcast, mm-hmm. but yeah, they said like how they did, they went in it looking to do like prosthetics and then touch it up with CGI, but they wanted to have a full CGI version of the bloater, at least just to do, because they said he wasn't fast enough. When mm-hmm. he was moving, they said like it didn't look as imposing and scary, I guess, as they wanted it to. So I think they they yeah. CG'd him, and then they wanted a model of the little girl also to do like scenes where she's like flying through and all that. And I don't know. If, I thought it was backwards. I thought that they uh, used some shots of. The, I guess they did use some shots of the actual girl, but I think mm-hmm. a lot of her moving around was. I think inside CGI. the car was all CG. Oh, uh, and, oh, and they, it was like they're talking about her hair, like her pigtails or something. They didn't. Her hair was all different. Uh, and yeah, it was. I, I find it interesting how they either enhanced or completely like replaced some of that stuff. That I, after talking about it with you, still thought both of those were all practical and just had like a little bit of touch up. But mm-hmm. they were like, when you put eighty pounds of prosthetics on a guy, the mushrooms jiggle weird. And not the way you want them to. And you can't do like different kinds of light diffusion through what that makeup is made out of. So the mushrooms don't have light going through them the way organic material would. And so they they had to, I know they had to touch up some of that stuff, but apparently they full whole ass tricked me. Um, let's see. I think for the most part, it all looked really good, though. So oh, like- it looked so so good. so good. Yeah, I really, I think the only thing I would complain about is uh, the very obvious prosthetic wound that Pedro Pascal has in the uh, episode where he's in the basement. With the belly button? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The cum gutter adjacent wound. <clears throat> ah, yes, yes. Um, And I, I do agree those CGI giraffes looked really bad, too. Yeah. <laughs> Except for that one very real giraffe. The one giraffe was real. The rest of those were fake. Um, Wait, was there a herd of giraffes? I only remember the one. Come on, Patrick. The camera pans up and it's like giraffes eating grass in like the middle of a fucking baseball field or some shit. I was wondering what would happen when all those Toys R Us closed where all all the giraffes would go. And I guess they just got loose. So that makes sense. Giraffe finds a way. Um, you know, I think that was the most important stuff that I wanted to talk about. To be honest, I CG was amazing. I think actually also it, if this is, if that is how they did it, there seems to be a noticeable qualitative difference in getting an actor, putting makeup on them and then having them as whole body reference to, to, uh, work with. Oh yeah. That's that's different than mocap. Um, that's different than like the traditional techniques, someone that would use to do that. And honestly, I'll probably look into more of this on Jesse time. All right. (laughs) Nice. Patrick, do you have a fun activity for us? I think I can whip up a fun activity for us, John. Are you going to whip it up in Patrick 
D. Ramirez's kitchen of fun games and stuff. Luffy, Luffy D. Patrick's uh, kitchen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so since I'm the only one that's played the games in our little troop here, I think it'd be fun if I asked you what you think is going to happen to different characters in the show. So who wants to go first? Or maybe I'll just ask both of you. Yeah. What do you think? I guess the biggest question that we're kind of left with is, uh, do you th- do you think Ellie, I think we've talked about this a little bit too. Do you think Ellie believes Joel? And if not, do you think Ellie is going to find out that Joel lied to her? And if so, how? Or what was what, going to happen when she finds out? <clears throat> I think... I feel like the way Patrick said that, he just spoiled the whole other game for us. And I know what no, happens. No, I mean, now. like, if you if you think she's think gonna so. find out, like, how is she gonna find out? Yeah, like, I know. If you, th- <laughs> if you think she's gonna find out, you're like, do you think it's gonna happen or no? never mind? I'm just trolling you. Um, I don't know what happens. I forgot what happens in the games. I, it could be anything. Someone, men in black, neuralized Patrick. I think that she is going to find out uh somehow i i don't really know how she would find out but i think when joel dies john like you said he's going to on his deathbed he's gonna tell joel, ellie joel's taking or uh john's taking stars away from his review because joel didn't die <laughs> I, I you're not wrong um but no i i think joel is alive and joel is like um like he kind of goes on like some kind of suicide mission or something because he feels so guilty about it after she finds out. So then the second season is Ellie trying to like bring him back from the brink. Like, it's okay. I forgive you. You don't have to go on suicide mission and die. You know, yeah. John. Yes. That's exactly what's going to fucking happen. So like he's going to tell her, and then have to think he has to overcompensate for the emotional weight of this situation by putting himself in unrealistic danger mm-hmm. to win the favor back of his fucking new daughter. And he's definitely going to die going out to do that. So it can end with Ellie being torn up inside forever for the rest of her life and almost feeling responsible for it because the whole time yeah. he's like, I'm doing this for you. And then he goes and dies and she's, just like, oh man, he this whole time she's gonna be like fucking gaslighting herself at that point, and she's just gonna be like, man, he was right at the first place. Like he did do the right thing for me because he loved me. I that is perfect, Jesse, because it completes the cycle. It's the circle of death instead of the circle of life, where one person just feels responsible for another person's death, and then that just like chains into infinity. Hell yeah, John. If there's anything we learned from this season, it's definitely the chain of death. <laughs> it's that. the circle of death. Does that right. answer your question, Patrick? Are you? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think that was a good answer. Uh, I was going to say, I was going to spoil how uh, if, what, what if like, uh, never mind, I'm not going to say anything. So another question <laughs> I have for you guys. <laughs> what if Joel's wife shows up again? I, I heard an interesting uh, story about the end of the game, end of the part one game. And when they were like, I guess they, you know how like screen test movies with like test audiences? I guess yeah. they do that with games. And I don't know how, exactly how they do it with like the story. I guess it's all cinematically done and all that. 
they sign NDAs and sue you into oblivion if you tell anyone you, you tell saw it. <laughs> so maybe they test out different endings, but when they're testing out the ending for part one that we see in this show, yeah. they had asked some of the audience participants, like, do you think Joel did the right thing? And we've talked about it uh, at length when the episode came out, the finale, how it's left ambiguous and you could kind of make a case either way, right? And I think that's the point of what they were trying to do with that story. Um, but they said what was interesting is that when they asked that question to the audience members uh, that were not parents themselves, um, it was split about 50-50 whether they thought Jill did the right thing. But when they asked that question to all the audience members that were parents, 100% of them responded that Jill did the right thing. Like, <laughs> to a man like they all they all said that and i thought that was really interesting yeah i mean that makes total sense man right this is baby girl yeah you do anything i i'm glad you brought that up because i was i was just thinking about that today like what i think there is an implicitly different reaction when you consider that person your kin or not and also i think it in a weird way I don't know if this is right or not, but I think it makes you feel like the agency you have over that child is more so Mm -hmm. because when you're a father, you're like, I'm making this decision for my daughter because I love her. This is what's best for her, whatever. But it's, it is coming from a paternal place. Almost like it is impossible to not come from that place as opposed to just an adult making a decision for a child. And, uh, I don't know. I I'm it's very that's exactly what I thought the numbers were going to be so I'm glad yeah. uh you pulled the audience on that one. Pulled the, they pulled the audience. <laughs> I just retold it. <laughs> actually, now that I think about it, what's actually going to happen in season 2 is that uh Ellie is going to get like the worst girlfriend, like just the worst and she's going to be like like uh you know, kind of poisoning the well for Joel. She's going to be like, you, you don't really like him. He's not your real dad. Oh, like, fuck him. Pulling you know? her away. Pulling her away from Joel. Oh, we're going to get teenage rebellious Ellie. That's exactly. what you think. Yeah. I was just thinking I am going to die if Ellie's like, you're not my real dad. Yeah. <laughs> not my real dad. I, I would actually oh, die man. like a little bit on the inside if that happened. Man, I just want to say it is so hard not to say things. And you guys, throughout the whole series of this, throughout the, our season of this podcast, you guys have hit on a lot of things that I'm like, that's so interesting. And a lot has been said in this episode, too, that I think is interesting. And I'm not saying anything, but I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. All right. Well, we have bullshitted long enough. We have finally come to the end of this podcast. It's a little bit longer, but there might not be one for a week or so. So uh, we'll see about that. But anyway, let's do our rating and review portion of the podcast. We will rate this season of The Last of Us from zero to seven horses. Giraffes. Giraffes. Unicorns. (laughs) Fungus faces. Zero to seven (laughs) lies. Um, Jesse, we will begin with you. How would you rate and review this series of episodes? Um, I give it, I'm going to, eight out of seven lies. (laughs) And there's only seven. So you give it seven. I'm going to take one away. 
because <laughs> there were no animals that got infected, and I was really hoping to see that. But this has been one of my favorite shows I think I have ever watched, and I it's hard to separate talking about it with the the joy of talking about it with y'all every week from how awesome the show is. But I feel like even if we weren't doing the podcast, we'd be talking about it at work and we'd be talking about it before D and D. And I think that's the sign of something really special. And I, uh, it, it, it was like almost perfect. That's the weird part is it was like so hard to nitpick things, especially when the whole picture like comes together. And I enjoyed so much of it and it made me feel so many feelings so passionately in so many ways and i cried so much which is my favorite thing ever uh oh yeah seven out of seven lies <laughs> uh i'm gonna go ahead and give it six out of seven thought it was the a great fuck, season John? <laughs> That's a great score. What are you talking about? Uh, six out of seven because I thought it was a great season of television. Put up with your bullshit too long, John. You're off the podcast, man. Pack your bags, buddy. The only huge complaint I have is just I didn't really care for the ending. I mean, I feel like just the whole thing was kind of left unresolved in a certain way. It was like the whole series or whole season was like, we're going to get Ellie to these doctors so we can cure the fungus plague. And then at the end... They didn't do that, and there was no indication of that plot really going anywhere in the future. So it was just like, I don't know, a little little bit of uh, anticlimactic kind of letdown for me. But I think it's a testament to the show that despite that, I'm still giving it 6 out of 7 because all the character stuff was amazing. And I alluded to this earlier, but I actually like the Bill and Frank episode more in retrospect, since I know that the actual story of the se- of the season didn't really pay off that well, uh, let's just say the Bill and Frank stuff feels more impactful by comparison. So, yeah, that's my review. Nice. What about Bill you, Patrick? And Frank. Bill and Frank. <laughs> Bill and Frank. Well, I'm gonna have to give this a seven out of seven. Uh, Funga Kingdoms because it just fired on all cylinders. I even I would even say the mall episode is maybe in retrospect probably my my not favorite episode mm-hmm. of all of them. But overall, I like that story. I kind of wish they had stayed closer to the game on that story specifically. But everything was awesome. I love the acting. All the this whole thing was expertly cast. Like, oh man, everyone killed it. Um, Pedro Pascal. <laughs> Pedro uh, Pascal. <laughs> Pedro Pascal was so good. Uh, yeah, man. I just there, this is a water cooler show if ever there was was one. Right. Like mm-hmm. this is the show you keep talking about. This is like primo good seasons of game of thrones seasons you know stuff going on here just like it's so Mm. good it's probably the best video game adaptation into this type of media like that's ever been done well except for the witcher the super mario brothers original movie (laughs) what john luziamo i need to learn how to pronounce things uh 
I mean, I I think this is better. I haven't seen all The Witcher, so that's why I'm saying it's better than what I've seen of The Witcher. Uh, yeah, I was I was mostly and I haven't joking. played The Witcher either. <laughs> Boo I, The I, Witcher! I, Boo! Which who? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. I think that's a pretty solid review, Patrick. So, thank you everybody so much for listening to this last final episode of this season of Triple D. It's Dragons, Dragons, Dragons 2. This time it's Fungus. And it's coming to a close. But there is something in the future. Something on the horizon. Uh, Most likely we will be playing The Last of Us game. Which will be very fun. But that doesn't come out for a couple weeks. So we'll kind of have to see how that goes. Either way, you will hear from us. This is not goodbye forever. It's just goodbye for now. But if you miss us, you can shoot us an email at dragons, dragons, dragons pod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at DDD pod or follow Jesse at Jesse underscore wind on Twitter. Uh, our music is, of course, as always, by Rabbit Road, and that's all lowercase and with spaces between the letters. Until next time, when you're lost in the darkness. Look for the fungus. Fungus, fungus. Saute the portobellos. Time doesn't really heal anything. It just makes it fade. But podcasts, podcasts heal things. When you um do saute mushrooms, what you want to do is you want to dry fry them first. You want to get them nice and dry before you add oil or butter in. Because they are very sponge-like. Soak up whatever fat is put in there. You don't want it to be like soaked into it like a sponge. You want it to be kind of coated on the outside. So I've blown up two sodas in the freezer recently. (laughs) (laughs) Now if I do it, I put them in a bag. Because I can't trust myself. (laughs) That's awesome. Oh, man. Oh, my God. That was funny.